Hey everyone, welcome to God, Growth, and Gaff. We are three guys in our 20s that want to share with you our journey in developing big projects in our areas of small church ministry. Join us as we DIY our vision for the future and how we can help ministry leaders dream big on a small budget together. I'm Nathan. I'm Josh. And I'm Dylan. And we are glad to have you here. Well, what is up, everyone? We want to welcome you back to yet another, our ninth episode of God, Growth, and Gaff. Hey, we just want to give a shout out to our loyal listeners. If you've been with us from episode one to now, we just want to say thank you. Um, It's been fun to kind of take this from the ground up, but yeah, we just want to say muchas gracias, senores. We are officially uh, three countries, no, four countries. Oh, yeah. uh, International. We have obviously the the U.S. of America, uh, and we also have Poland, Belgium, and the Philippines. Oh, so, snap. So if you're nice. one of our international countries, we want to give you a big old shout out. Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, depending on the time zone. Well, as we want to jump into this next episode, we're going to talk about this beautiful debate that has happened in the church for as long as we've known and it is the debate between grace and works. And when we talk about this, we're not necessarily talking about the argument that people make between Paul and James. We're going to take this in a little different approach in the balance and the tension of grace and works that exist within the church. Primarily when we work with our volunteers, when we, you know, obviously people come in with different skill sets, with different um, passions and interests. And so what we're going to talk about today is looking at that balance, right, of not just being this authoritarian, if you're not meeting our standards, get out of the church. And we don't want to be the opposite opposite side of the pendulum of let's just be lax and whatever happens, happens, and we don't really care what happens. And so we just kind of want to take some time in this episode and just focus on what that would look like. Yeah, when when we talk about this grace and works you know, idea, it's primarily in terms of excellence within ministry, right? And that word already gets hairy because some churches are like, excellence is a great thing, you know, and, and to strive for excellence is obviously what, what many churches want to do. But other churches, they see that and they hear, whoa, 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 excellence. We're not excellent people. We're, we're sinful and, and flawed people. Um, and we should only rely on the Holy Spirit for all of our ministry and, and everything. And that's a thousand percent true, right? We are we are very flawed. We are <laughs> we are very broken people that that can strive for perfection but never fully reach it. But when we're talking about excellence within ministry, we're talking about doing things to the absolute best of our ability, right? And so if you're mm. in a, you know, we talked about last week, a, like a mega church setting, that's gonna excellence is gonna look much different than if you're in a church of a hundred people, right? Mm. But yeah. But this idea that we are talking about today with striving for the absolute best that we can is dependent on just your congregation, right? Mm -hmm. And so if excellence on you is, hey, we actually have someone who can play an acoustic guitar today, like, wow, what what excellence that is, you know, we actually can have music today. Mm -hmm. Or whether you're in a place that it's like, hey, we just had 5,000 people come through our doors today, and that's the best that we've had in a few months. That's excellent. You know, and so it's, um, I, I want to, if your viewpoint is that we are solely to rely on the Holy Spirit and that we're not excellent people, I want to try to shift that a little bit to say, yes, 
that's true. But in ministry, we are called, right? We're called to do the absolute best that we can for Christ. And so when we're, when we're striving for excellence in these moments, we want to say that it's not for our own benefit and it's not for our own church to be able to pat itself on the back and for our pastor to look good and for our staff to feel good. You know, it's about what is moving the gospel the best way and what is, honestly, what is pleasing God in the best way. And we're not saying that if you have technical mishaps at church that that's not pleasing God, but it's it's saying, you know, maybe these technical mishaps that can be fixed, you know, maybe maybe you have the same thing every single week that can be fixed. That's ultimately a distraction, right, in a, in a service that can be fixed simply to just let people focus more on, on Christ. And so um, that's just kind of the precedent for today is that when we're talking about that, don't think that we are sh- perfect people <laughs> looking for looking for an absolute immaculate service and a, and a full production and a laser light show and a Taylor Swift errors tour. <laughs> um, what we're looking for is the best way to move across the gospel as possible. Yeah, I think, Josh, you brought up a lot of good points. And it really plays into, I think there's so many layers when we talk about this idea and this tension between excellence and grace. Um, Because if we're real with ourselves, if we just take a moment to be honest, I think the church is one of the hardest places to really practice and live out that balance and that tension between excellence and grace. Because, you know, it really depends what you were raised in, how how you were brought up in the church, because for some people, it's been ingrained in your head, like, you do nothing to play a part into what God is doing in the church. Mm. And for others, it was like, what you do is going to make or break, you know, how it goes. So it, it's it, we just also want to acknowledge in the get-go that this tension is real, and I think with, with, for a lot of people, it's just hard to find that balance because there's so many different perceptions of what grace and what excellence looks like in the church. Yeah, I want to ask you guys, so I know that you both grew up going to church, um, at least for the majority of your life, and so when in the churches that you grew up in and everything, do you think that you primarily strived for excellence and that it was like every week was, you know, this perfectly laid out service, this perfectly laid out everything, or was it just kind of piecing it together as you went on? Okay, so I'd say a majority of it was like excellence because the church that I went to the most before this one was Believer's Church. And as I think I've mentioned before, it was like very big production. Um, There was a very professional band. Um, And I feel like, though, there was just enough of a balance, like because I was around the tech guys quite a bit, which I feel like was the blossom to where I am today. Um, But they were all super like, joking and like relaxed even though there was they tried a little harder i guess than most to um make sure everything was really good and we're on the band more i would Mm. say like if the band messed something up they'd be like hey this is wrong um but yeah so primarily excellence with a pretty good balance so cool i'd say for us in the church that i was growing up in under that leadership at the time it was a desire to be excellent, but then when it came down to the execution, it was very lax. It's like, oh, if that goes wrong, all well. Mm. 
But then for the rest of the week, you'd hear like, oh, we should have done this better. We should have done this better. And it was also interesting because it was that mentality on top of different leaders had different levels of expectation of excellence. So like our our pastoral leadership was like, yeah, we want to be great, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. And then I remember when I would help in the soundboard and with the lights, it was like, bro, if you mess up, you know, we're going to have to talk about this later. And mm. so it was just this, it was this weird in between and this, the execution and the expectation of the excellence and grace was not there. <laughs> so it, it took a while for it to kind of align itself and to mesh in the way that it should have. I would, I would say that my old church was kind of the same way, but flipped from that, mm. right? Where the pastor had this really big expectation and, and these big dreams and everything. But, um, and, and my youth pastor did too. And like, you know, everything was, uh, my youth pastor came from a, really large church and he was kind of the video guy and everything. And so he, I mean, made everything about as immaculate as it, <laughs> as it could be. Um, and my pastor was, was the same way, but then everyone else, you know, in a vol- volunteer position was just kind of like, yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll be fine. And, and a lot of other, the staff was like, yeah, whatever. So yeah, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, we all kind of come from areas that are slightly different. Um, when it comes to like, how do you execute a service or how do you execute like a, a specific part of ministry? Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, when we make this episode and as we're talking about this, like we said earlier, everyone's going to come from a different perspective, but what we want to try and do is provide kind of a unified thinking process, a unified perspective on what it looks like not so much that you copy this model and be like, okay, well, as long as we do it like this, it's fine. But to actually get a better understanding of why both need to be talked about, both need to be addressed. And even within your team, if you take this, taking it to your leadership's teams and say, how can we be on the same page of what we expect and also what we allow essentially to slide? Yeah, that kind of brings us into the next point, the importance of grace. So I'll actually start this one out with a question, too. Um, how would you say our church is on being graceful? So, like, I guess within our own ministries, the ones that we run. I mean, you both know me pretty well. And for myself, you know, I'm always I don't expect myself to be perfect in anything that I do. And I think I translate that a lot into how I try and lead other people. Um, you know, I'm always aware that in my mind, I, I'm not a pessimist per se, but I think a lot of times I'm always just like expecting something to go wrong. So rather than like forcing this idea of like, you cannot allow anything to go wrong. It's more of just like, how can we prepare for when the fires come up? How can we extinguish them? And you know, I think for myself, I focus so much on caring and trying to look out for the people that I'm overseeing that if I'm honest, I think I'm too lax on, you know, a sense of standard. Um, and that's just something that I know for myself that, you know, we've talked about and I've had to work on, but that's mm-hmm. usually, I lean a lot more, I think on the grace side than I would like, this is what I expect. This is what I want from you. And this is how you should be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely, I mean, I, I have grace and I, I'm not a, a dictator when it comes to um, if things go wrong, you know, the, then the gospel didn't get preached or, or anything like that. But I think I, I definitely align more 
um, in the areas that I that I am in charge of with like this needs to be right and this needs to be good. Um, and I don't necessarily expect the the flaws, but when they happen, I'm not. I don't know. I'm I'm not like saying that you know something is something is terrible because flaws happened, but I would say a little a little different from from Nate is that I do expect things to go the right way, and and a lot of times you know I want to put in the effort beforehand throughout the week to make sure things don't get messed up, and if they are, then I get stressed. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, as for me, I'd say yeah, I, I like making sure everything is prepared beforehand. Um, I, especially recently, have just been really big on, I don't want anything to go wrong, so let's prepare like way beforehand. Uh-huh. Um, for example, occasionally I'll DJ weddings, and I'm already like, I've got a couple coming up. One is yours. God bless. Yes, sir. Um, but I'm like just cycling this entire week through my head, okay, what needs to be done? So yeah. preparation's a big one for me. Um, and then when it comes to dealing with like volunteers, I'd say I track a little more towards Nate, um, or basically I will be super relaxed with my volunteers. Um, I don't think I've ever even like sternly talked to any of them or anything like that. I think that leads into the importance of grace, right? The fact that these people that we, that we have as our volunteers or that, that we're leading, their full-time job is not to be in ministry. <laughs> their, their full-time job is something else for 40 hours a week to go home and take care of their kids and their wife and and make food and everything like that. And then with the spare time, they're able to help out at church. Right. But I think we sometimes put such a big emphasis on their roles and their job that, that it can, it can come into that, not necessarily yelling at them. <laughs> like you right. said, you're not going to uh-huh. raise your voice, mm-hmm. but just getting so frustrated with people mm-hmm. and realizing that that grace, you know, that we need to have is sometimes people have much, much busier jobs outside of the ministry that we can't see and that we, that we don't see. And that we think, you know, a lot of times that, oh, people should be as, as involved in this church as me, because it's also their church, which is true that people should be involved but it's not true that they should be spending 50 hours a week here. <laughs> right. And it's just like one of those where, you know, for us, like this is our focus. Like we're messing with and, and thinking about and dreaming about each event every, you know, every hour of the week, basically. And for others, it's more like they don't know what's going on until we bring it to them. And then it's dependent on their schedule. And so I think even just taking that mindset of like, what I get to do and how much time I get to give to it isn't the same for everyone else. Therefore, I ought to have grace when people can't do it. Or, you know, I think about even on Sundays, like asking people to serve on hospitality teams. And it's just like, man, you should be available because you know that this is coming up. When in reality, it's like, no, you know, people go on vacation. They should, you know, because they're working on things that I don't even know about or dealing with things and going through it. And so I think putting that perspective in the humility of remembering, like we have the privilege of working in the church and knowing what's happening and other people are doing other things, that alone should be enough grace in front of us to realize that's what we need to extend to our people. What I want to say on the flip side of that though, right, is that just because people have busy lives doesn't mean we shouldn't require anything from them. 
right? That's true. We should we should be able to acquire if people have signed up to be a part and signed up to be a volunteer of things. We should be able to acquire a specific amount of commitment from them, right? And the fact that you know, in a, a media volunteer, we shouldn't have to tell them every time, okay, hit the slide now, okay, um, now now you're gonna hit the video and and sound guide this is what this means and that's what that means they should they should be ready to have their own skill sets ready and and the same way i don't want to tell someone every single sunday okay this is the exact flow of every song and you're going to hit this chord and then in two beats you're going to hit this one and this is the melody mm-hmm. and you know everything like that no that's not the case either is that a lot of times in our in our volunteer positions, we can we can give them something in in the prep time, right? That they can see throughout the week in the little time that they have. But we should be able to acquire at least some sort of excellence or some sort of um, performance from them, rather than just always giving them the amount of grace that is, you know, that that Nate was saying. We can't always extend grace to them week after week after week if they're in a position that there needs to be a a prep time for. And that goes exactly back to why we're discussing the balance and the need to balance excellence and expectation with the grace that we have on our people. So I want to, I want to ask, have you guys ever been in a position underneath someone um, where you have, had too much authoritative um, kind of attack on you that maybe maybe deterred you from wanting to continue to do that thing or or they strived for is it strived or strove strived strived <laughs> for excellence so much that it just it ruined your experience okay I've got one um, so I'll just kind of make this broad more than anything but from what I've noticed anyways, at least my jobs um, outside of ministry, I've had pretty good like upper management, so like the people leading the entire store. But I'd say the only time I ever ran into problems with management would be like middle management for some reason. Mm. Um, the people who were directly over me, um, who, w- I mean, you even have to have like as a worker and some grace to some extent for them because you got to realize they're probably trying to get to where like the store manager is and they're very aggressive about it. But this aggressiveness, I don't really blend well with cause I'm a very like calm. I want to be nice to everybody type of person. Um, so occasionally I would find myself like, Hey, uh, I don't like the way that something is being led or, but it's always in the day to day operations and, for the most part, I didn't see it much in the super high level management. I would, I would say that um, the o- other church that I was talking about beforehand, um, I had a very negative experience, um, and just it was it was one instance with with one person who apologized later and everything. It was just they were in a stressful time, but um, I was on the worship team and. We were singing this song that I was so hyped to sing that I and I, you know, hadn't done it before. And this was back when I was in just starting college or just ending high school. And so I was bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like anyone can vouch at this church even from when I started 
it was just it was just awful, right? And so that sets the precedent of of already they were giving me they were giving me grace yeah. <laughs> by allowing me to to sing. But um, I was supposed to sing this song, and I started singing it in practice and everything. And one of the vocalists said, "You know, don't go up on." Or I guess she was this kind of step in worship leader. Mm-hmm. She said, "Don't go up on like this part. Like, don't." do a fancy vocal thing on this part. And I was like, all right. So I didn't do it. I just did what the song did. Mm-hmm. And that apparently is what she was talking about and was, and was not good. And so like kind of blew up on me and then said, Nope, I'm, I'm leading it. And then s- started singing it in practice. And it was like, so just harmonize. And at that point, I didn't know what it, what, what how to you, harmonize. Right, bro, <laughs> so you have I just, come a long way. <laughs> so I just I just kind of sang like melody underneath her because um, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of service, my uh, the worship director came over, a different person. He came over and said, "Hey, um, you know, this, this other person said that you were like really disrespectful and did the opposite of what she's saying." And I was like, "Dude." I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I was right. like, I, I wasn't trying to undermine her. I just didn't know what to do. I'm new at this. And, um, and he was like, yeah, she said, you're, you're not really going to be able to sing for the next two, two, three weeks. Jeez. And I was like, cool. <laughs> like at, at that point I was like, I don't want to, if this is how, if this is how this is going to operate, mm-hmm. right? Like take me off. Cause this is, this is garbage. I'm, I'm just trying to f- figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, it eventually resolved itself and it was fine and it was just a miscommunication. But, you know, that sort of like striving for so much excellence, especially when a, when a volunteers doesn't necessarily know what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's someone who's on guitar and they're just absolutely soloing <laughs> in every, in every single moment and they're just, you know, or a vocalist who just wants to do all these opera runs, you know, and, um, and they're just blatantly disrespectful, then I get that, right? That's a that's a time for a leadership position to step in and say, you need to calm down. Um, but for me, at least, that was that super authoritative striving for absolute perfection that I was just so thrown off by and really deterred me from being in a volunteer position. Mm. Um, I think for myself, as I mentioned earlier, there was a lot of expectations in the work that I've done in the past for excellency. And then when the time came to kind of execute that, it was just like, ah, just kind of do what you want. And I remember specifically, I was asked to join our youth group band and I was given a bass, um, which by the way, before that I had zero bass experience. Um, I actually wanted to learn how to play the drums and said, they're like, take this. And I was like, okay, that's the same thing. About and so I remember even like for um, youth group we we talked about like all right we're gonna have practices we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then it never happened <laughs> and then they were like okay this week we're gonna start um, you know we're gonna start leading with the youth band and I just remember it's like we had all these high expectations like man we're gonna be like doing this great stuff for leading well. And then it was just not taken seriously. And I think we literally only did it once and then hmm. never went back to the youth band. <laughs> no and rip. so, you know, kind of experiences like that were, you know, excellence was kind of talked about and expected, like, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. All these high dreams and, and things 
to execute. And then when the time came, it was just like, meh. And so it was definitely, those were a lot of my experiences, which I think affected me in the sense of wanting to be graceful, but it's pushed me to know, like, even in this grace, we can still do something. And that's played a part into, I think, how I lead a lot. Mm-hmm. The the flip side that I want to ask, and I don't want to spend tons of time on this, but but what I, what I want to ask is, have you been in a position where there was too much grace and not enough excellence, right? Because that's the whole idea that we're talking about here is, is excellence versus grace, but, but in a, <clears throat> sorry, works versus grace, but, but, um, in a position where someone's just kind of like, yeah, do whatever you want. It'll be, it'll be fine. And it ended badly. I think for myself, uh, it was honestly not until I started here, um, you know, and we've talked about it with our senior pastor where he says it like, the way I lead is I give you something to do and I let you run with it. And so I think it's interesting. I I actually appreciate that because it forces me to have to set the tone for my own standard of excellence in the sense of like, because he trusts me enough to lead this or do that or plan something like I have to set that excellence for myself and be able to not be lax because it is fully on my shoulders. And so I, I think in a way that leadership has helped. I mean, like I said, I'm used to having expectations in the beginning, so it was a bit of a a challenge and an adjustment for me. But I think once I understood it, it kind of helped me grow into understanding like the expectations that I desire, I'm putting it on. I'm not getting it from anyone else. I I would also say that it kind of happened when I when I started here is that my position as the as the worship leader had been kind of thrown around for I don't know, in five years, there was six leaders. It was, mm-hmm. it was crazy, but um, it seemed like everyone just kind of threw things together, you know, early in the week or on Wednesday or Thursday, like, like pretty late in the week. And then on Sunday morning was like, all right, we'll figure it out. And there was a lot of changes that happened, you know, on Sunday mornings and, oh, hey, this song is going to be done instead. And it, like, it was very kind of no one knew what they were doing. And that was on, on me. I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to learn every guitar part. I wanted to to do all these things. And then when, when I was thrown off on Sundays, um, right. It was like, if we're not really striving for, for excellence, if we're just kind of throwing it together because we have to, then what am I here for? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, that's kind of something that I've had to work with, with the team is that like, we're here for a, a reason and we're here to do something to the best of our abilities as possible. We're not just throwing stuff together. And I think that's helped change the environment of even just Sunday services as well, right? Is that mm-hmm. the way we've worked with our pastor and, and making sure the themes are right and the hosting is right and the, everything together works as one cohesive um, just service is much more, I guess, oriented, um, in a correct way than it is just, Hey, everyone do your own thing, throw it together and we'll figure it out on Sunday. Yeah. I'd say the three of us here, uh, have very similar experiences. Um, before this, it, I would say all of the other jobs I had operated fairly similarly. It's you do this expectation and it's just kind of what's done. Um, but here we all set our own expectations. Um, it's because exactly that it's, 
how things operated in the small church. Um, well, a lot of them anyways, I guess not all of them, but with us, um, how the pastor has entrusted us in leading our separate ministries. Um, therefore we do set our own expectations. So this is the first time that if it's relaxed, it's because of us. And I think as, as we begin to wrap up, that brings us to our last point. As leaders, I think it's so easy to always put these expectations and this balance of grace and excellence and works to other people. And then when it comes to ourselves, it's very easy to be like, well, because people are dependent on me, I need to be perfect. And I need to, you know, there's no grace for me and there, and I only can produce excellence. And so as we start to wrap up this episode, we wanted to end with just talking about the importance of not only having these expectations of works and grace for other people, but just as much for yourself. I think it's so dangerous for a leader to have these expectations for other people and then hold themselves to such a different standard for themselves. And so I wanted to ask you guys in your own leadership styles, right, and the people that you're overseeing, what expectations or how do you see the expectations differ between the grace and the standards that you place on the people that you're over and the grace and standards that you put on yourself? So I'm always, at least with my volunteers, super relaxed and like something goes wrong. I'm My immediate first answer is, it's all good. It'll figure itself out or I'll figure it out. Um, and then I'm quick to just fix everything. Uh, need be. I'm like the micromanager without being my, without micromanaging my actual like people. Um, I'm going to take the service and I'll push a thousand buttons at once if I have to, just to fix something. Mm -hmm. But I always take it on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen this not only just on a Sunday morning, I will always have, just sometimes a bit too high of an expectation, whether it be like with just mistakes on a week to week basis um, and just stuff like that. But on the flip side of things, when it comes to production stuff, if we're ever like actually assembling something, I'm a very, well, gaff <laughs> type of person. <laughs> and I think Josh can attest to this because this is actually kind of where we differ. We do a lot of stuff together when it comes to preparing for special services. And I am going to be the first person to just duct tape something together and call it good, <laughs> which I feel like can probably sometimes get on your nerves a little bit. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just like, okay, let's fix it quick. <laughs> but it's it operates in a different way. Yeah, I... I definitely, when it comes to the things that I do, strive for the absolute amount of excellence possible, right? Mm -hmm. With the the money we have and with the resources that we that we have as well, I want to make things the best possible way that it can be, um, depending on our, our current situation, and that comes to play in setting things up and not gaffing them, um, but I or. Want to. Or, you know, trying to do these absolutely crazy songs that are barely possible. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, just trying to do like the the coolest amount and the, the most max amount as possible. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, that, that means that I think in my own brain, it needs to chill a little bit <laughs> because I, I'll spend 30, 45 minutes making sure we have the right slide background, right? That no one cares about at all. No, no one cares except me. Um, but it's this, it's this like striving for perfection that I can't 
like release out of my own <laughs> out of my own being. And I think that's what's made, you know, the church operate in a orderly fashion for a long time is because I have these such harsh expectations um, for myself too. But there is times when it's like, okay, we can chill on certain things like this. But, you know, Nate, with you saying we have to have the same expectations for ourselves, um, I think there's times when I could do more on my own part and, and expect more for myself than I could for like a certain thing to be right, you know? And so if I want the worship to be absolutely great, then that means I need to spend a little bit more time practicing myself. I need to get my harmonies down. I need to get my guitar parts down. I can't just put it together on Sunday morning because that's what everyone else is doing. And I don't want them to do that either. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as, as people in ministry, a lot of times we have to have that same expectation of if you want your volunteers to do this, then you better do it yourself 10 times more. Yeah, that reminds me, George Washington once said when he was leading his men into battle that I would never send my men to do what I myself wouldn't do. And I think it reminds me of the fact that there is a higher expectation for us, right? Because this is our full-time job. We have the degrees in it. It's what we do. And yet at the same time, I think it's still that reminder of the grace that we need that we're, just because we have this experience, just because that we have the, the education, we're not better than anyone. It's still that humbling reminder of needing that grace. And Josh, I was laughing thinking about what you were talking about, about giving yourself grace, because I always remember like in your office when you're trying to brainstorm and we need to do this and we need to focus on that. Uh, myself and your wife are always trying to be like the voice of reason of like, bro, <laughs> nobody's thinking about that. Like, Don't obsess over this until yeah, 2 in the morning. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those where it's like because it's your job, like I think you're so, you know, worried about these little details. But it's like just take a step back, bro. No one else is going to like, uh, did you see that? It looks wrong. Or even like our Easter video, it's like the timing is like just a little bit off. And, and we were just like, bro, nobody's going to notice that. And But I think... It also reminds me because where I stand is I need to be a little bit more uh, excellent orientated because even like how I lead people, right? Just caring about them and saying like, it's fine. Like we'll work through it. I think in all honesty, like ha working with you has taught me like I also should have a standard that I want to reach, you know, because I think I've always kind of addressed everything in life. Like, yeah, it's fine. I don't. You know, I've never like felt <laughs> no, seriously, like yep. I've never dreamed like, oh, it should be this great and it should be this big. And like, I want to go out with a bang. It's just been like, eh, if it's done, it's done. And so <laughs> I think for myself, um, it is needing that higher standard of like, no, because I'm leading people, because I care about people. Part of caring for them should be having a higher standard for them and myself, not because I'm trying to be mean or care about every little knickknack that goes into something but because i know we can do it it's just a matter of putting in the work hmm. i think that's the importance of working with you know people who are slightly different right yeah is that you and my wife can tell me bro chill on this half millisecond that's off in a video but in the same way i can say I, I need your slides in this exact way because that's going to help the congregation to understand it more, yeah. you know? And so um, what I, what I want to close with in this whole topic is Colossians 3, 23 through 24, which is whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, 
knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, right? And so as, as Paul says in Colossians is, our work that we're doing here, whether whatever it is, you know, if, if you're working in a desk job at an insurance company, if you're um, leading and preaching on a Sunday morning, whatever you're doing, right, it's to be done for the ministry of Christ and for the Lord. And so if, if we have that identity and that realization of like this thing that we're doing is solely to bring God glory, then we better do it with the absolute best of our ability. And we better put in the work because when we do something as it's for a king, Mm. (laughs) right? We're not just going to half-heartedly do it, right? We're going to do the absolute max and the absolute most because if I'm, if I'm coming up to um, the president, right? (laughs) (laughs) Trying to, trying to show him this new invention, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, if I'm trying to show him this new thing that I've created, I'm not just going to duct tape it together <laughs> and, I, and I'm not nice. just going to um, walk up and say, eh, you know, I, I did something. No, I'm going to have my speech ready. <laughs> I'm going to have it looking as good as possible because I want this renowned person um, to be proud of the work that I've done. And the president is nothing compared to God, right? Mm-hmm. And so when, we, when we're literally doing work for the creator of, of the universe, we better do the work to our best of our ability. Yeah. And even to kind of close on that point too, we reflect God in everything that we Mm. do. And if our God is creator and, you know, at at, look at Genesis at at the end of every day of creation, he said, this is good. This is good. The works that I've done is good. And we reflect God. Shouldn't we too also create in a way that makes us look at it and say, this is good. Mm. And so I think, again, for those maybe wrestling with the idea of, well, church doesn't need excellence, it just needs grace in the Spirit, that, that Spirit is working inside you. It's, it's, it's living and active within you. And if God creates and it's good, I think that's a reminder for us that we should do the same. Yeah. Well, to close this out, I've got the question of the day for you guys. And since we've been talking so much about leadership... If you could lead one country in the entire world, <laughs> which one would it be and why? Mm. I've already got my answer. It's going to be good. You should probably go first then because i got to think about fair. this. Uh, so I would choose Norway because for some reason, two things. One, I feel like it's this nice, peaceful country and they never really get into a whole bunch of, I don't know, world wars. Um, <laughs> and for two, for some reason, all of the best metal bands mm. come out of Norway. I don't know what it is with them. Maybe it's the cold or something, but they're so metal. <laughs> My dad's in a metal band and their bass player is from Norway. That's epic. <laughs> I love it. Um, I would have to choose Liechtenstein. It's, huh? it's this tiny little country in Europe that is 62 square miles. Um, I would choose that because I'd be way too stressed out for any other country. That's fair. I think I would have to say the country of Japan because I'm a huge sushi fanatic. Uh, my <laughs> Dude said, I love sushi, so I'd be a great leader for well, Japan. Well, well, like my fiance and I, we go to all-you-can-eat sushi stuff for like dates. Mm-hmm. And if I was the leader of Japan, kind of like how we have Taco Tuesday, I would think of like, I don't know, Sushi Saturday. Sushi Sunday and Saturday. Facts. Ah, nice. And so, and because I'm leading the country, I'd be like, well, I have to try it first, you know? Uh, 
Yeah, everything uh, else that's kind of up in the air, but for sure the sushi, man. That, that's about all I got. <laughs> that's wow. epic. Alrighty. Well, to close this out, I'm just gonna pray. Father God, thank you for for one uh, putting us in these leadership positions. I know for me, it's been such a growing experience, and I'm sure for these two gentlemen before me, they could say the same. Um, thank you for also using us to teach people that are listening to this podcast now. And thank you for your presence. And we thank you for learning uh, what it really means to be a balanced leader. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We'll catch y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>